0: Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson. Here are my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara.
1: Hey, hey.
0: And Garrett Price. How's it going? Ah, it's going pretty good uh feeling pretty healthy over here so feeling pretty blessed uh for that hopefully everybody out there that is listening this week is feeling good too hopefully everybody's staying home uh trying to get this thing over and done with so we get our nfl football back and everybody should be spending their quality time right now just up in the dynasty nerds film room uh, no better time to be a member of the nerd herd, where you can just be grinding that tape, and you know a lot of I'm sure a lot of people are going crazy right now. I know I am stuck home with these kids, but as dynasty players, we all have one uh, good escape, and it's the perfect time of the year for us to escape into our own little holes, and that's studying some of these rookies. Which would, which is exactly what we're going to pick up today on our Nerd Herd episode. We're going to break down the tight ends. But today on this episode, uh, we're going to wrap up free agency. There's definitely enough news to go out there today that happened this past seven days to uh, let us break down and talk about some really big signs out here. And then for the Nerd Herd episode, we are going to dive into the uh, the 2020 rookie class. And then next week, starting on this episode, the free episode, we're going to start breaking down the rookies. And we all know that's going to be a good time. Am I right? oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) oh that's a lot of kool-aid men in the background right there so (laughs) yeah it's going to be exciting here uh we should we'll probably get about what do you think three episodes on these on these running backs probably at least
1: uh yeah i would imagine we'll probably we'll probably squeak out three pretty easily actually and then i would think so
2: if we wait what six an episode yeah that's only 18 so i'd imagine we're getting probably more than three episodes
0: yeah then we'll do receivers probably pretty much all the way up into the nfl draft as long as the nfl draft does happen on time uh we we, if not we're gonna be give us plenty of time to do some more mock drafts as well so we're getting into some nfl free agency today and before we do that let's get a word from our sponsor for today it's dynastyowner.com that's right dynastyowner.com it's a one website that lets you be the gm and the best fantasy football player you can at the same time it's a little bit different than a lot of these other leagues out there it's not an auction league um, or anything on those lines this is an actual an nfl salary based league this is your chance to be the best fantasy football player and gm out there dynasty owners is the only patented fantasy sports game using actual nfl salaries and contracts so you get to actually manage your team just like an nfl general manager does and then you can play the head coach as well by putting those players on the field it's a smart Art elite fantasy football player kind of platform because there is no off season dynasty owner, just like no off season with dynasty nerds.com. The rookie draft matters, free agency matters, and every contract matters. So come on down. The dynastyowner.com do a startup draft for 2020 using actual NFL players contracts and salaries. Then you can prove your team each year with a three-round rookie draft and by trading players and draft picks like we all do in dynasty. You can win weekly prizes, seasonal prizes and have a chance to compete for the chase for the ring, which is a real big prize at the end of the year. The mobile app is in development. That should be ready here real soon for iOS and Android. L- and that means your rookie draft is gonna be just ready to go. Mock drafts are open now on the desktop. Go check them out today because that's free to use on DynastyOwner.com. So, guys, some big free agency news this week. Um, obviously the biggest news out there is Tom Brady, the forty three year old goat, signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a two year deal for fifty million dollars, fully guaranteed. So I thought it was
1: I thought it was up at sixty million dollars. Was it fifty?
0: Is this fifty? Is it sixty? I'm thinking of Drew Brees contract.
1: Yeah, 50. I think Drew Brees is at fifty, and Tom 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 got a little bit more.
0: Oh, Look at Tom getting a little peppered in there. So you know, I don't think I don't think really the question here is about Tom Brady. You know, we all not know Tom Brady has kind of been in a decline over the last couple of years. I mean, his completion percentage is down. His yards per attempt is. Uh, down over the last three years everything's kind of been going downhill for Tom Brady even though his team keeps w- moving but him him moving is really going to motivate him and nothing I don't think is more exhilarating to see than a, a motivated Tom Brady when he's got that Jordan you know effect in him so I think this is going to give him even more motivation to go out there and Bruce Arians offense and get out there and compete and he's got much better weapons than he has than he had in New England and I think that's the biggest question everyone wants to know today in Dynasty is how is this going to affect OJ Howard how is this going to affect the running back that they have on a field and how is it going to affect Chris Godwin and Mike Evans does anybody else want to go uh before I get into my takes here well, well I mean, just I- to
2: clear it up uh it is 50 million uh for his his deal two years $59. oh oh matt in your oh, face whoa.
0: sucker yeah you yeah getting a little stir crazy there <laughs> all have, alone can't, numbers floating around
1: I, yeah i must have fat fingered that when i was typing that in my spreadsheet i'll I'll make a correction
0: Yeah, so i don't use notes i just use i just use my brain power which is pretty pretty strong that's it no 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 no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, uh, no, no confirmation no on that oh wow okay
1: that's it all right well you got a pretty strong brain power
0: so so what do you guys think here you know again tom brady you know he's going to the bucks the bucks last year their line was 22nd in pass protection where the pass were fifth and that's you know off of outside football com. and bucks gave up 47 sacks last year compared to new england who gave up 28 uh, sacks last year so what do we think about like the situation overall for Brady and how this is gonna affect his weapons at, at receiver? Um did I even mention that Garrett and Matt aren't even in here today? They're 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 recording via remote.
1: Uh no, you didn't, didn't mention think did. that
0: yet, but no no big deal. Um no big deal. So let's let's everybody knows now. So what are we what are we thinking here? You know, Brady's on the bucks, you know, he, he's throwing to completely different weapons out here. He, he, he's not he's not as good as he used to you know when it comes to Tom Brady his throws nearly 50 percent of his throws last year were under 10 yards uh last year so he's not really a big deep threat I know he had Josh Gordon for the first six games last year but he even threw I think less downfield when Josh Gordon was down there as well so Mike Evans Chris Godwin OJ Howard Matt what's your first take here uh, with the addition of Tom Brady and no longer having Jameis Winston, who throws the ball over more than anybody who's ever thrown the ball over, turned the ball over in the history of the NFL.
1: I mean, I think I think the biggest the biggest loser in all this is, in my eyes, is Mike Evans. You know what I mean? Because he's the downfield the big the big threat guy that can get down there. So you know, you know, obviously OJ Howard was kind of lost in this offense a bit last year, uh, where a lot of people were expecting a breakout year from him. So I think he gets an uptick a bit because Tom Brady loves to throw the tight end and he always has historically. So it's one of those things that um, and and running backs. So that's that's what the the biggest question mark in my eyes. You know what I mean? Because um, the guys that they have there now don't really fit the bill. So I, I think they're probably going to address that via the draft or. You know, I think the the free agent list is probably dwindling a bit um, t- to address it in that manner. But I would I would expect them to to get somebody that can catch passes pretty easily out of the backfield uh, uh, via via one of those. Um, either you know, I'm guessing at this point in the draft.
2: Yeah, with with this, I think one of the things, at least in my mind, that's a slight misnomer is that. You know, Tom Brady will only throw to running back slot receivers. uh, And then when he has a great tight end, Tom Brady is a highly, highly intelligent player. Um, I think he is going to go with whatever is the best available options for him. And right now, the best available options are his top two receivers and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So um, I still expect that to be fine. My bigger concern is he's going to a brand new offense and he's 43 years old. Like, you know, the old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Like, we're going to find out. Uh, He's going to have to adapt, adjust. I know they'll probably incorporate a lot of the things that he did in New England, I think Bruce Arians is smart enough to be able to uh, work to Tom's skill set. So I still think it will be successful, um, but to what level is is what we're going to just have to wait and see. Uh, father time is undefeated. Um, they don't have anyone experienced in the running game. Um, I think I'm hoping for Tom's sake that whoever they pick up is good in pass protection because we know Ronald Jones did not uh, do that very well last year. And that was part of the reasons he got bench so
0: right and i'm hoping
1: that's that's definitely the one of the biggest the biggest things with with ronald jones and he doesn't catch passes all that much either so it's one of those things that tom's not gonna sit back there and take that crap basically if right if ron if the running back's not going to be able to pick up pat um you know uh blitzers and pass pro then he's going to be on the bench and i'm sure bruce arian's already you know obviously his actions speak louder than words um Mm -hmm. with with the benching uh last year so it's definitely one of those things where they're going to have to address it, in my eyes. Yep. yep. Go ahead, man. I didn't mean to cut, yeah, cut I'm you
0: gonna, off like that. Go ahead, Gary. Keep going. No,
2: you're good. I mean, that was that was basically where, where okay. I was at was, you know, what, what running back are they going to pick up? They have had uh, – it has been interesting. I've been trying to follow as closely, closely as possible the uh, team visits, and obviously that slowed down a bunch. Um, but they've met with most, if not every one of the big-name running backs. I think they've met with – seven or eight uh running backs uh this offseason so my guess is they're addressing it in the top three rounds most likely so they're going to get somebody pretty good and I would I would expect it to be more of a guy like a DeAndre Swift uh Jonathan Taylor was pretty good in pass pro um, as opposed to a guy like Clyde Edwards helaire and uh you know uh, Anthony McFarlane who seem to be really lacking in that area so it'll be interesting to see what route they go but I, I could see it being somebody more like that
0: yeah this Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back landing spot is be- becomes a very desirable spot when it comes to these rookie running backs and it, that could be something that could bump somebody up pretty significantly just as you imma- you know imagine the chiefs spot would do so you know if they get yep. get a guy like cam Akers, jk dobbins i would love jk dobbins here in tampa bay but to be fair i would love jonathan taylor and i would also love deandre swift so any three of those guys land in there that could be somewhat of enough of a script changer scheme fit to make those guys my number one one alone on land and spot but i'm going to kind of disagree here with what matt said and i think what matt said is kind of probably the general consensus when it comes to the way people are going to look at this team i literally a little bit more with matt uh garrett on this one where tom brady is just a, a really smart quarterback and also why i'm not really worried about him you know picking up this offense you know bruce arian's been a game a long time tom brady's been a long in this game a long time too so they're gonna work it out i don't th- i think tom brady's smart enough and i think he works hard enough where this will not be a s- problem of tom brady learning the system but i think the biggest thing here in dynasty people are thinking mike evans stock is down a lot and oj howard is up a lot and i'm and i'm gonna flip that scritch uh fl- script 180. uh i think oj howard is a great sell now and i think great mike evans is a a, a great buy right now because I think most people are gonna think just like Matt said, where this is down for Mike Evans and it's up for O. J. Howard. And I kinda disagree with both both of those takes. Chris Godwin, he's gonna stay the same this year. He's somebody that finished his wide receiver two overall last year. In weeks one through thirteen, he still finished a year as wide receiver too had 86 receptions for 1,333 yards and nine touchdowns and Chris Godwin played from the slot in about 40% of the time and a lot of his yards um actually he played in the slot about 50% of the times and most of his yards that's the 40% number that came after the catch so Godwin's a creator with the ball in his hands where Mike Evans isn't really the creator with the ball in his hands he's that big body like Matt said deep possession receiver but that's not just what Mike Evans is he's also a big Really good receiver. I mean, this is somebody who was wide receiver th- number three overall in weeks one through three. So Chris Godwin's wide receiver two. Mike Evans was wide receiver three. Mike Evans is somebody who's had a 1,000 yards receiving every single year he's been in the NFL. To me, he's just a quality fantasy football player. Tom Brady's going to see that. He's still going to get his. Where O.J. Howard, everybody's thinking, oh, you know, he historically... Uh, Tom Brady historically throws to the tight end. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty easy to historically throw to tight end when your tight end is Rob Gronkowski. You know that makes it real easy to become pretty historic. And the big thing is there is I think. It was bill belichick and the scheme they ran which was really tight end friendly it wasn't necessarily just tom Brady. that's the scheme they ran and he was also arguably their number one weapon besides the year they had you know randy moss out there that gronk was just their best weapon and that's not the case now when you have a mike evans and chris godwin this will be the best wide receiver duo that tom Brady's ever seen and oh no oj howard's only 25 and he's entered his third year it's a breakout year and yes it is exciting for oj howard it is but the facts are the facts it was the biggest concern that we had when Bruce Arians took over this team was wow Bruce Arians just as you argue that Tom Brady has historically thrown to the tight end the counterpoint of that is to the head coach and the scheme they're running is that Bruce Arians has never run an offense that schemes towards the tight end so that still makes me number one you know really worried about OJ Howard is one He's the third look. And two, this offense just doesn't scheme to it. I mean, you're talking about a team that when when Tom Brady throws to somebody, he's throwing to the slot receiver most of the time. That's where that's where he always looks. When it comes to like a guy like Julian Edelman last year, that's where he threw the ball all the time. He's like, Okay, Julian Edelman, he targeted him last year 153 times last year. Now it's from the slot mostly. His second number two target out there was the running back, who was James White. He targeted him 95 times. And then after that, it drops all the way down to Philip Dorsett, who only saw 54 targets. That's a third of what Julian Elliman saw. So th- what makes me really excited about here is not OJ Howard. It's Chris, you know, it's Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and then honestly, whatever running back they, they draft. Because, like you said, Tom Brady's 43 years old. That offensive line is not as good. He's going to be looking to get the ball out pretty quick. So, who's that pass catcher running back going to be? I'm really excited about that because Tom Brady's probably going to be here for two years unless it goes really bad. He's like, you know what, guys, <laughs> I'm out of here, man. I know, I can't handle this anymore. Uh, it was a good. It was a good try. So, I think OJ Howard. If anybody's like really up on him here, and g- granted, I still like OJ Howard. This isn't a poo-poo platter here. But if I can sell him for a good return, maybe I can flip O.J. Howard for TJ Hawkinson Um, or maybe I can just get a twenty twenty first if it's tight end premium league. maybe I even look that way as well, but. I'm not really. I don't think I'm not really excited about O.J. Howard. I'm, I'm more excited about Chris Godwin here, obviously. But who's not already excited about Chris Godwin? So Chris Godwin was all already that like hot dynasty commodity, right? So everybody like everybody loved Chris Godwin, which is easy to do after what he did last year. But right now, the word on the street. And Mike Evans is the stock is down, so he's literally like the stock market today. It is down, and you know there's no better time to buy a stock that still has good upside than when it's at its lowest point. And that's where Mike Evans is right now. This is probably the lowest point you could buy him. You're talking about a guy who consistently produces year in year out, and arguably just had a major upgrade at quarterback. So. I'm liking Mike Evans. I'd love to see what the what the value is in your league. I would definitely dip my toe into that water to see what the Mike Evans owner is asking for, and to see if you can work out a deal and kind of you know just make that happen. You're, you have the possibility here to get an elite receiver who's only 26 years old, and is, is Mike Evans 26?
2: I believe I so. I'll I double actually, check. He's either 26 yeah. or 27.
0: Yeah, he's still he's still young enough, right? I mean. I know we talked about Mike Evans before, Matt, like how we don't like him long-term for his body type and the way he's going to play out, but you're still talking three good years of Mike Evans most likely. Um, even a bad Mike Evans is still probably a wide receiver too down the road. And for and, the window and, right and now, that's the, thing, the like, commodity, I'm, not, I'm liking it.
1: I'm not like saying, hey, Mike Evans is going to fall off cliff. He's done. I just think, I think, you know, what historically has Tom Brady looked to? And it is guys that can get open quickly. And stuff yeah. on shorter routes, and that's really not Mike uh, Mike Evans' game. You know what I mean? He's he's a slower guy. He doesn't get off the line all that great. He's got to get downfield, and you got to be able. I mean, not that Tom Brady's not going to be willing to throw in, you know, a, a guy open or throw to a guy that looks like he's covered if he's proven that he can that he can catch it. But that's the kind of guy that Mike Evans is, and I think Tom Brady's going to look for a guy a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. You know, I, um, the Godwin, the running back. And I think O.J. Howard can do that stuff close to the line of scrimmage and get open quickly. So that's that's why I see those guys getting a, a little bit of a bump and Mike Evans just taking maybe a little bit of a step back.
2: For the so record, I, Mike Evans is 26 right now. We'll be turning 27 as the season starts.
0: There you Ooh, go. That's good age. That's ripe. That is ripe for the picking. Let me get my fingers all up on that apple. So I'm buying, man. I'm buying Mike Evans. I am selling O.J. Howard. I, if you have Chris Godwin, bless your heart. Bless your heart. You got it. You got yourself a young receiver who not only fits his offense, you know, his 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 head coach's scheme well, but he just he just he literally is the best thing possible for the quarterback. Just as came in, nobody loves the slot receiver more than Tom Brady. So I'm like, I think the biggest news here for you know rookie draft wise, like I said before, is is the running back here. It, w- is there one running back between those? T- like, what's the best running back you could see fall in this category, Matt?
1: Out of the draft is what you said. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, a Jonathan Taylor would be amazing. I mean, that would be a, a really nice fit for them. But you know, I do like an Edwards-Alaire if he can if he can step his game up from the the pass pro type of situation. I think he could be a, a big time difference difference maker with Tom Brady uh, throwing him passes, just quick quick stuff like that out of the backfield. But obviously, that is the big question mark. So they're gonna have to. I guess assess whether that's a uh, an issue or that can't be resolved or something that that can be coached up a little bit.
0: But he, would yeah, I think
1: my, he, he would be one of my the, the more exciting backs. I think uh, Jonathan Taylor,
0: me.
2: Jonathan Jonathan Taylor or Edwards Allaire.
0: Okay, Garrett.
2: Uh, The top two guys for me, uh, and these guys actually when I, you know, we, Jared and I are putting together these nerd scores and stuff like that until we're grading out each aspect of all these players and stuff like that. And the top two pass blockers in the class for me uh, are DeAndre Swift and DJ Dallas, who are both also very good pass catching running backs. Um, Obviously, DeAndre Swift you're looking at first round or you know early second round Uh, DJ Dallas is probably more like a third fourth round uh, maybe even fifth round so it depends on how early they want to attack the position uh, and how much uh, you know time and money they want to invest into the running back position but those would be two guys one early one late that I think would make a lot of sense for me
0: yeah DeAndre Swift is my choice as well he's my number one running back on the board Uh, he pass protects well he catches the ball well uh honestly he just just about does everything well i know some people argue about deandre swift uh you know getting to the line might be his biggest you know flaw there and you know sometimes seeing the hole but to me deandre swift is an absolute fantastic prospect he's somebody who's been my one one since last year so we're talking you know january of 2019 he's been my one one going go to this class and there's nothing i haven't seen uh you have to change it and you know, running back wise there's nothing to change it i think i think more surprisingly when it comes to that one one the player that would m- probably lean the most on changing my opinion there to take him one one wouldn't even be a running back to me it'd be Ceedee lamb uh really I-, I liked swift better than taylor i like swift better than dobbins and it's close you know I mean, again this isn't light light years ahead but sometimes it's just you know when you're doing these rookie drafts guys and you see a receiver that you like a lot and you just you just have that feeling or from what you see and what you on the tape is like this guy's gonna be the next you know He's a wide receiver one for seven to ten years like that's always a hard thing to pass up i know we need those running backs but to me that's always a hard thing to pass up when you're looking at somebody that you feel so good about that it's kind of like you know watching deandre hopkins and like wow i really like this guy a lot he who still went like number four overall in his rookie draft that year behind uh guy you know behind uh those three running backs like donald brown or no moreno and love bell that year right around that time but to me cd lamb's up there i'm no, no doubt i can man.
1: see it yeah no doubt
0: all right let's move on to free agency though here we talk about it Uh, Another big sign in here is Melvin Gordon, who turns 27 this year. He signs with the Denver Broncos. Actually, Melvin Gordon turns 27 on April 13th. So real soon here, just in time to get his taxes done. Uh, He signs with the Denver Broncos for two years, $16 million. He needs to take his agent, grab him by his collars and slap him in the face because the the Chargers offered him $10 million a year. And he missed millions of dollars by holding out as well. This is a guy I hope all these running backs learn. Don't hold out. Don't do it. It's there's really not much to gain out of it honestly uh you just lose time and you lose money but Dem- melvin gordon signs with the denver broncos garrett you put a tweet out there right when they, they the broncos you know the rumor came out like hey the broncos are looking to add a running back and garrett you tweet out there hey this is your time to trail- sell royce freeman and philip Lindsay. do it and do it now and then i think two lay- days later melvin gordon signed so i hope a lot of people took uh garrett's advice garrett did you have any shares to sell
2: no, I did. Uh, I think I have one Royce Freeman share in like an orphan that I took over. Um, but other than that, in the like fifteen some stupid leagues that I play in, uh, that was the only share of either player. I've just never been. I've just never been really big on either back. Partly because they split so much time, and uh, the offense overall wasn't that great. Um, neither one was dominant in the pass catching game. So there just there just wasn't a lot of upside there. And so I know that there's Philip Lindsay truthers that are like. Oh, he's going to be Austin Eckler now, guys. I, I don't, I don't see that happening. Phillip Lindsay has not been utilized in the passing game much, um, and Melvin Gordon's really good in the passing game. So, I, I think it's going to be uh, the bulk of the carries and the receptions are going to go his way. I think he's taking 65 to 75 percent of the touches in that offense, and then you know whatever's left, the rest of the guys can fight over. But I don't see uh, either one of them being usable on a, on a regular basis other than Melvin yeah. Gordon.
0: Yeah, thinking Phillip Lindsay as uh, a pass catcher and running back is a drastic mistake out here for dynasty players or fantasy football players. He's somebody who's only caught – he caught 35 footballs each year, back-to-back years. But the key here is the reason the Broncos want it – I love I the Melvin Gordon to the Broncos, by the way. So if, if I could rant about this for a minute, if you guys are okay with that. Go for um, it, man. I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to explain why. Uh, the Broncos, they, they made it very clear they want – to go get a new running back. And the big thing here is they wanted to get a pass catcher running back because Philip Lindsay's just not that guy. One, I was never big on Royce Freeman. If you guys remember back during the rookie draft, I was poo pooing on Royce Freeman. I never liked him. I never wanted anything to do with him. I got zero shares. And now Melvin Gordon goes to the Broncos and they pay him good money. So they're going to use Melvin Gordon and they're going to run him and they're going to run him good. And whereas Philip Lindsay, you know, caught thirty-five balls each each over the past two seasons, and this is somebody who had back-to-back years of thirty-five receptions. He's somebody who had back-to-back years of a thousand yards rushing. But he is five foot eight and one hundred ninety pounds, and that's an ideal running back that you want. And the, part of that of his receptions is they learned pretty early, though Vic Fangio, that. They didn't want to throw him the ball much last year. He only had 10 receptions in the second half of the season. So from weeks 9 to 16, they did not throw him the ball except for 10 times because they did not think he was an asset in that game. But meanwhile, when it comes to fantasy football production, which is extremely important to us, Lindsey was running back 14 from weeks 1 to 13 last year. Melvin Gordon was running back 16 from weeks 5 to 13 last year. That's when he came back to the Chargers, and they did try to ease him into there. But he's also a running back that's been a top 10 running back in 2016, 2017, and 2018. And here's where I really like uh, Melvin Gordon. It really looks like that, you know, Vic Van Gogh out here wants to have a really good defense and run the football. And who they bring back in as their offensive coordinator? They bring in Pat Shermer. Now the thing with Pat Shermer is he usually only uses one running back in his offense, whether it's Saquon Barkley or Dalvin Cook. This is this is the offense he runs. He wants that running back to be on the field. He wants that running back to be able to catch footballs. He wants that be able, that person to be able to run between the tackles. These are all things that Melvin Gordon can do. And like I said, they just paid Melvin Gordon really good money, so they're going to run this guy into the ground. And not only on top of that. I feel like he got an offensive line upgrade. You got to remember when Melvin Gordon came back last year, that offensive line for the Chargers had started falling apart in preseason. So by the time he got out there, that thing was already just a massive train wreck. Where now the Broncos are going to be a slight upgrade. According to footballoutsiders.com, they had Denver Broncos at the 10th best uh, run blocking line compared to the Chargers, who were 13th overall. But to be fair, Denver had the third-best offensive line when it came to not letting a runner get run-stuffed, where the Chargers were 21st. So the defense the defense was getting to the running back behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, they were like the bottom third of the league, where the Denver Broncos were the top three in the league opening those lanes. They just didn't really have the talent at running back. And like you said, Garrett, this was a team that gave Philip Lindsay 51% of the snaps and Royce Freeman 49% of the snaps. So the way I look at it, is that Philip Lindsay could be running back 14 on the year last year with limited pass catching ability and only being on the field for 51 percent of the snaps? This is great news for Melvin Gordon owners who are now going to have Pat Shermer out there. They're going to force feed Melvin Gordon the ball. He's going to be a three down running back. They're going to get Philip Lindsay his. He's going to get some snaps a game, but he's about to take a drastic step back here for phil Lindsay, and he's not going to be austin eckler he's not going to be that pass catcher and running back that's if more if, if more than anything melvin gordon's gonna be in the field every time on third down and they're gonna be spelling him on the first and second downs here and there with a guy like philip Lindsay. so to me melvin gordon if anybody's down on him which right now i'm in a startup draft and i just got melvin gordon in the seventh round and it's tied end super flex premium Dr- oh, wow. league I think everybody is kind of somewhat down on Melvin Gordon. If you're looking for, if you're a championship contender and you're looking for a short-term answer here and you're looking to get a running back one for the price of, you know, pennies on a dollar, maybe you have a late first round pick in 2020. Like say you're picking between 10 and 12 and your, your best, your best option, most likely there's probably gonna be like a Keyshawn Vaughn and more than likely, before it when it's all said and done, after the NFL draft, guys like Clyde Edwards-Helaire and Cam Akers would probably be gone with the other top three running backs. I think Melvin Gordon's a great buy right now for the Broncos. I think the system is set up for him. I think the scheme set up for him, and I think he's ready to produce as a three-down running back, which we all know is if you're just viable and capable, kind of like Philip Lindsay showed himself there in Denver, then you have yourself a very good. Fantasy asset, and that's what we might have here for the next two years. And Melvin Gordon, and with the hashtag two to three year window, if you're if Melvin Gordon was just a fresh face in the crowd, and you're guaranteed to get high end running back numbers for just two years, that's an extremely hard thing to get from any running back in the NFL. You should be all over that. I'm buying Melvin Gordon. I'm okay with the signing. I like it. I was a little worried because you know he signed a little bit later in the process, but now that it's all said and done. Gimme, gimme, gimme! Want, want, want! My nipples are hard. Matt, what's going on under your t-shirt?
1: <laughs> under my t-shirt, um, I've got some hard nipples as well, Rich. I do like Melvin Gordon. Ooh, I like the yeah. landing spot that he, he ended up in, and I think that I think exactly exactly what you said. I think this is more of a, you know, them. They obviously they they, they made it known that they wanted to upgrade the position. You know, they they put that out there for everyone to to hear. So when they say stuff like that, it's an indictment on, the, on the, the two people that they had, and especially when they were such a close split. You know, it was, It's almost one of those old adages with the quarterbacks, like if, you do, if you've got two, you don't have any. And I think that's kind of how they saw their running backs. They didn't really have one. They were just kind of trying to make the best of the situation. And with a young quarterback coming in and really going to be starting to um, you know, mold him in a new offense – what better than than a three-down running back, a guy you don't, a guy that you can trust in pass pro, a guy that you can trust catching passes out of the backfield, um, than a guy like Melvin Gordon, you know? So that's that's kind of how I see it. Um, I think they, they did this, you know, a because the the head coach is a defensive-minded guy and wants to be able to run the ball. B, like you said, Pat Shermer is a is a one-back type of guy, and three for the young quarterback. And, and that all is just a perfect cocktail for me, uh, and it mixes Ooh, yeah, up really tail. nice for Melvin Gordon to, to have a, a pretty big impact this year going going forward. But I mean, it is only a two year deal, so it is a short term thing. I'm sure there's some sort of clause that if you know, or you know, they, they, there's an out there for the Broncos if he doesn't, uh, if he's not. Um, up up to snuff this this year, and they can get out from under it. at which point, I would imagine they just kind of turn the page on the whole running back room. They'd be looking to upgrade via the draft at that point. I would imagine.
0: So, yeah, and, and and on top of that, Matt, even if he do, if he does produce, you know, they could probably extend him with you know fake money, like, hey, we'll give you two more years at sixteen million or nine million dollars a year. And if he produces, and he knows already, like, hey, now I'm even older. I got to take whatever they give me. You know what I mean? So. It could be one of those things they just literally ride them from year after year. And I think, for me, I'm good with the two years. Honestly, if you have Melvin Gordon this long, you're happy with two more years.
1: No, absolutely. Uh, I mean, when a guy is 27 years old, you're you're happy, you know, to get two more years out of him for sure um, from the running back position. Um, It's almost one of those things that I wish it was a three-year deal because then I'd feel good about two of those years. But it being a two-year deal, I really only feel good about this year um with him do we know how that much of
0: that's, around that's around. guaranteed of I the d- 16 million
1: i don't have the guarantee i don't have the contract right there in front of me no
0: yeah i'd be interested to know that because then if it's like the same thing if it's like oh 10 million guaranteed it's like i feel really good about him coming back next year you know possibly we'll see yeah uh, right. but i like it and i think and the thing if you have melvin gordon you could probably get philip Lindsay for extremely cheap right now for a backup which is a very good viable backup because we know he could produce if Melvin Gordon goes down. Uh, and his his price tag has gone drastically down, and right. then you and, probably honestly buy them both.
1: And Roy and Royce Freeman to me is just he's on the scrap heap at this point. You know what I mean? With, with oh yeah, like, with a move like this, that's it's it's going to be Melvin Gordon getting eighty percent in my eye, seventy, eighty percent, and and Philip yep. Lindsay getting the rest.
0: Oh, dude, if I could sell Royce Freeman right now uh, for a nice delicious sandwich, or maybe in just like a little time, you know, maybe maybe leave a couple rolls of toilet paper. And hand sanitizer. Hey man, know, hard, I would take it's hard that too. to come by.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. You got some, you got some of that sharp You got some of that Charmin triple soft. You got some of that. Yeah. My took needs it. Here's some, so. Royce, here's
1: some Royce Freeman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, so we all, so we all like the, Ro- the Melvin Gordon signing for the Broncos.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I did see a fascinating, uh, a fascinating stat, and I'm sure we're gonna get to uh, another guy that was in the same class in a moment here. But all of those running backs that were taken in that illustrious 2015 uh, running back class, not a single one of them is on their original team still. Wow.
0: Yeah, don't don't don't. Those running backs are not for long, man. Don't when they get to that second contract, it's it's tough you're probably yeah you're better off selling man you really are it's just no matter how good they are you're probably just one they're usually at peak value at the second running back contract uh and two you gotta worry about a holdout and odds are they're not gonna produce as good as they always produced before that's the yeah. odds. And if they do, it's not for long, right? The, of course, the, there'll be outliers. I was going
1: to say, the thing that screws everybody and messes with people's heads are the outliers. And they think everyone is an outlier. They always, Everyone always thinks that their player is the outlier. So they hold on to them <laughs> just a little bit too long. But that's the thing about outliers. They're outliers. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're yeah, it's, it's very
0: few against. and far between. Yep. Yes, I agree 100%. It's the best way to go. Sell, sell, sell. Uh, we've said this on this podcast if you're new to listening uh, we you know hashtag two three year window that's all you're looking to get out of any running back you're always looking to sell the running back it should be the most fluid position on your dynasty roster forever forever and always when guys are at peak value and you can get the house back for them take the house every time I just flipped in my league, because it was too good of a deal for me. Matt, our league, our seventeen-year-old league. I flipped the one-three, the two-two, and Jarvis Landy for Sa- for Saquon Barkley, and I know I got the better end of that deal. And I just got—I actually—I don't even have Saquon Barkley. The league won't—the the trade won't transfer till tomorrow, and I have an offer on the table of one-one, two-one, Terry McLaurin and Baker Mayfield, and I'm—I'm I'm really considering flipping Saquon already before every before he's 24 hours on my roster for the one one the two one baker and McLaren. just knowing okay i could draft DeAndre swift i could ride him out you know hopefully he lands in a spot where i really like and i'm really happy with him or you know i just move on elsewhere i'm just, and I I'm still just have Terry I'm
1: silently shaking my head right now just to let you know because i'm so disappointed <laughs> in that trade that it's happening in our league and that and that you can also just turn around and flip him for more so, um very disappointed. I hate when trades like that happen, and they do on occasion. So, I'm going to get over they, it. They
0: always do. It's yep. a trade I was working on for months just to see if I could make it happen. And it actually, it, out of nowhere, he texted me a day out of nowhere. He's like, send it over. I'm like, 30 seconds later, sent. Uh, and he accepted. <laughs> the so, I'm thinking about it.
1: Boredom has hit an all time high when people are just yeah, so I just need some juice, man. Send me that's over. That's what a people trade. need, man.
0: And you should be doing that right now because you just don't know. People are going to be going uh, back crazy. It's going to get worse over the next couple of weeks. My only thing, my only decision of that league is I'm a true contender. You are. And do I hold Saquon just to go for the ship or do I gamble on the rookie running back? You know what I mean? That's what that's what it boils down to. Like, I don't need Terry McLaurin. I would like to have him because my, my starting wide receivers are Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, and DeAndre Hopkins um, with some decent backups. Obviously, I lose Landry there, but, like, Okay, do I like DeAndre Swift or do I, which I do, but to be fair, DeAndre Swift's not Saquon Barkley. He's not.
2: The beautiful is part not. is you're not locked into DeAndre Swift right now. He could end up being J.K. Oh, no, no, it could end up being no, Taylor. Garrett,
0: I'm uh, I'm pretty locked in. I'm, I'm pretty locked <laughs> It's it's like, I mean, obviously, you know, there's not much that's going to change these running backs for me because I mean, I like their game a lot. I'm where they land will be a difference maker. Like I said, I mentioned the Bucks earlier, but you know who lands on the Chiefs. If one of them goes to the Chiefs or whatnot, but we'll see. It's pretty close. It's gonna. It have to be a drastic landing spot for me to all of a sudden be off of DeAndre Swift to my one one. You know, because like right now, what are the spots that are going to change it? Like the the Bucks need a running back. The Dolphins need a running back pretty bad. Um, like what if Jonathan Taylor goes to the Falcons? Right. It'd uh, you know, be, I mean,
2: be weird with Gurley there, but it's possible.
1: What if Cam, it's only a one-year deal? Yeah, it's, it's only a one-year one deal. deal. What if Cam Akers goes somewhere amazing, like Kansas City or or? I wouldn't know, be AD surprised or, to see
2: yeah. Pittsburgh pick up a running back, Indianapolis pick up a running back. Um, yeah, there's other there's there's still some decent landing spots out
0: there. So, and we'll see. And, and you know, some of those spots it's wide open, but so for like to beat a three-down guy, like a lot of those spots have closed up a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, Miami bucks uh even the chiefs is someone closed up they're paying damian williams three million so three millions we'll n- see nothing though it's it's not a mean? whole lot but it's still for the chiefs when it's most of their cap space it's it's something yeah i think, uh, I,
1: think I saw a tweet that they have like five hundred fifty five thousand or something like that under the cap right yeah
0: five hundred fifty thousand. so we'll, well see I, it's but that's how i approach it you know like do i go for the ship for sure with saquon which again nothing's for sure but I'm still worried about him. Like, what if Saquon holds out in two years? You know what I mean? Because uh, the Giants, want they, they, they don't want to pay him top money because everything else is going on. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. Let's move on. Some more free agents here. Uh, another free agent sign that I absolutely love, Emmanuel Sanders to the New Orleans Saints on Ooh, a two-year deal.
1: Man, talk about a great I, spot for him.
0: I This, this is a, a subject that was not talking about much in free agency. Like, We've been waiting for the Saints to get a good number two receiver for how long?
1: Uh, seemingly forever. Yeah, seemingly forever. Yeah, I, I can't remember when they had one. So
0: Jared Cook came on strong in the second half last year. We still have Alvin Kamara. But, I mean, Manny Sanders is a great fit for just about any team. You know, just He's just a really good route runner, knows how to get open, gets the ball, catches the ball really well. This, honestly, to me, Matt, Garrett, this is like a dream landing spot for Manny Sanders. I couldn't, if you were like, Hey, where can Manny Sanders be the number two receiver anywhere in the NFL today? And you're like, just pick the best spot for him for fantasy football. Where would you pick? I'd be like, Oh yeah, the saints for sure. Saints. It's it's That'd be too good. Maybe the Packers would be another good spot, but right. the saints if, edge him out like because if Tom, they play in the dome. Tom
1: Brady would have stayed in new England. He would, he would have been a great fit in new England somewhere like that, but he didn't. So, I mean, that's, I guess pie this guy crap, but, uh, there's not too many spots that are better off uh, than you know being Drew Brees's number two, you know, number two or number three target. The way you want, you know, however you want to split that. Um, just a just a perfect landing spot. A great route runner can still get open, you know, down the field a little bit even after the Achilles um, injury. So I think he complements uh, the players that are there. Um, you know, obviously Alvin Kamara and uh, Michael Thomas really well um so Manny Sanders is gonna be exactly what that offense has kind of been looking for and no offensive coordinator slash head coach is better and more creative at getting guys involved than a Sean Payton so I I love the landing spot
2: I am actually not nearly as enthused as you guys are um kind of what we've seen the entirety of Drew Brees' career is it's it's almost always two guys, uh, whether that's a tight end and a receiver, two receivers, a running back and a receiver. Um, it, it seems to always boil down to two guys get a bulk of the targets and then kind of everybody else gets the scraps. Um, I, I think Manuel Sanders is good enough that he'll get more than just scraps, um, but I'm not sure that it's going to result in the you know wide receiver two numbers that we're kind of hoping that it will. So I am actually, you know, I know we've agreed a lot so far, the show, this is the one where I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm actually off Sanders and I'd probably be selling. Interesting.
0: Well, I don't know. I don't know what you'd really get for him uh, at that point, but yeah, I mean, I get that too, but I could totally see him putting together. I mean, look at why like Stefan Diggs, for example, last year and why he went to get out of Minnesota was way around like wide receiver 21 in PPR leagues, Right. And He did that with, he saw the least amount of targets he's seen all year. I kind of went on a Stefan Diggs rant last week about why he's going to succeed in Buffalo and why I love it, but he did that. Garrett, he had 63 receptions for 1,130 yards and six touchdowns. And that was but, wide receiver 21 numbers last year.
2: But the only other receiver there was Thielen, and he was hurt all the time. Like, it, it's not competing with Michael Thomas, who obviously he's going to get – this past year he had like 180-some targets. He's not going to get that again. Um, but he's know, getting – We're
0: talking about 63 receptions and 94 targets. That's 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 nothing. Yeah, I – I mean, I, it's something. But for a number two receiver in that, uh, that offense, I don't – I again, I, I can see Manny Sanders easily um, – finishing as a wide receiver two i mean to me it's 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 and maybe it's not like oh i'm not saying like wide receiver 14 which i could possibly see that happening but i'm talking about you know wide receiver 20 right around there uh which is you know bottom third of the wide receiver twos but still a very very viable fantasy asset and right now when it comes to like wide receiver twos it's the a guy who's coming off an achilles injury who's over the you know the age of dynasty value right now. You could probably get Manuel Sanders along he's not on a contender probably for pretty cheap. Like you wouldn't buy for your second round pick if you're a contender, Manny Sanders to help you push you to the edge, like to, to help you like go all the way. Uh That's not really. I mean <laughs> may,
2: maybe maybe if it's uh-huh. like a super late second, um I don't know. Well, I, if you're
0: a contender, it's going to be late. Yeah
2: yeah uh if it yeah assuming it's my pick yeah uh I don't know I, I I could see it if yeah i'm I'm paying you know two eleven two twelve i I can live with that I wouldn't be like yeah over the moon excited but but I could live with that, but if it's anywhere above like two seven two eight uh I would much rather take a a chance on you know one of the deepest wide receiver classes that we've had in uh you know almost ever so Van um, like Jefferson. Yeah. I, I think that's where I'm at. It's, it's, it's not a knock against Sanders last year. I was all in on Sanders and I was buying him, you know, everywhere. And, and uh, so I have him on a lot of teams. And so it's not that I don't like him as a player. I just, I, I, I just don't know if he's going to end up getting the the targets that he has been getting in Denver before Pittsburgh before that. And then last year, you know, sometime with San Francisco, I just don't know that he's going to get those seven, eight, nine targets a game that we're used to getting. And I think it's going to be more in the four to five range. And what will he do with those four or five targets a game? I don't know. So that's just kind of where, where I've landed at with it. Um, Obviously, Drew Brees is crazy efficient. That helps. Um, so he's probably you know of four or five targets. He's probably catching four or five of those. Uh, so that obviously helps. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 not a all out on it. But I just think for the for what I think I could get in return for Sanders, I might be selling.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, 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 the comps, I, I, I'm glad I mentioned Stefan Diggs with his 94 targets and 63 receptions because Emmanuel Sanders had 97 targets for 66 receptions. Finished as a low-end wide receiver three, or no, actually, he was a mid-wide mid receiver three. He was 30. And that's after switching yeah. teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was 30, so he was a mid-range wide receiver three. So that means he was a week-in, week-out starter for your team. Uh, essentially. And he had a couple games that were real low out there um, right before he got traded as well. So yeah. to again the to see those hunter targets, Gary, I don't think that's too crazy and go to a much more efficient team and a much more efficient quarterback that could scheme him better. I'm I'm still looking at that. And of course, I'm not talking to the people out there that are middle of the road. I'm not talking to people out there with two six, two seven. You know, maybe I am talking to you if you're two eight, two nine. In 210 and like you finished there not because you know your team's the middle of the road team but maybe you got in the playoffs you didn't have that first round bye and you lost because you know your team was injured or you you went up against a couple players had big time points i'm talking to the guys when you look at your team and you're like damn it man i could have won last year if this if i would this guy wasn't hurt or i just had that other wide receiver i could have won it last year that's who I'm talking about. And maybe you honestly don't even, if you're in that situation, you don't have to give up your twenty twenty second. You can probably get away with Manny Sanders, again, if he's not on the, on, on the right team, with a 2021 20, second more than a 2022 second. Because,
2: yeah, I mean, if we face do the that.
0: facts, yeah, if we face it, like, if you have Manny Sanders and you're not a contender, you're literally taking just about anything you could probably get for him that's reasonable, right? You know, your only argument would be like, oh, you know, what? I'm just gonna wait uh, until in season he starts producing, then I can for sure get that second. But if you can get that second right out the gates, cuz even if Manny Sanders does come out and produce, your still best bet is to get a second. Not nobody's giving you a first, right? So still your best bet. So if you're a little bit proactive in this and you feel you can compete, I'd have no problem. Let's take the 2020 second off the board altogether and just go with a 2021 second. I think it's enough to get it done. Um, I know that'd that. be enough for me to get it done for sure. So I know we're talking to, you know, guys like me uh, that are just natural born winners and <laughs> just put good products out on their fi- fantasy teams, fantasy teams out there. So I know it's a little bit harder for you guys to grasp.
2: Uh, <laughs> I wake up in the concept. morning and I piss excellence.
0: Yeah. So I'm not talking to you guys, I'm talking to more Rich Dodsons out there. You know what I mean?
1: Gotcha. Right. <laughs> got it. Got it.
0: So, so the, I like it. Matt likes it. Garrett's eh, he's okay on it. Right.
1: The one thing I I want to just put a cap on this is, you know, he he was he was wide receiver thirty. He had eight hundred and sixty nine yards and he had Joe Flacco throwing to him at the beginning of the year. Then he switched teams mid year. And had to get another quarterback. So, I mean, he had a lot going on. He was still able to produce. He got 97 targets. I know 66 catches isn't a ton, but 869 yards and five touchdowns isn't like anything to sneeze at. And I I would imagine that he could at least replicate that, if not creep up closer to those wide receiver two numbers. Like a a low-end wide receiver two, but I I think he can still produce at that kind of level.
0: Yeah, and if anything, he's just depth for you. Like We're not talking about a premier player. We're talking about making those small trades for future seconds, which you can obviously get back at a later date for something that can help you win a ship, you know, because then if Manny Sanders ends up even as your wide receiver 4 you're in a good spot. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. A couple of these guys we're not going to spend a lot of time on. Obviously, Kyle Allen goes back, uh, gets traded for a fifth-round pick where Cam Newton just gets cut outright. Hope he goes to the Chargers to Washington. He reunites with Ron Rivera, gives him a solid backup to Dwayne Haskins. I think this, more than anything, reinforces that Dwayne Haskins is the guy for the Redskins. Uh, Brian Hoyer goes back to New England with a chance to compete for the starting job. It looks like that, that theory I put out there, um, a couple months ago, I was like, what I would do if I was a New England Patriots, and that would be not sign Tom Brady, an absolute tank for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I'm hoping that's where they're going because that's what it looks like they're doing I mean, with if, Brian Hoyer coming I back there. I was if
1: they're going with Hoyer and Stidham as their, as their quarterback duo, then they're going to be pretty bad, and that actually might be a viable thing, and they might, they might be tanking for Trevor Lawrence.
0: Might be a good buy window for a guy like Sony Michelle because it might be running the ball a lot this year.
2: I totally agree on that. I totally agree. Yeah. I know he looked bad last year, but opportunity is king, and I think he's gonna have a lot of opportunity.
0: Opportunity is king. Nelson Aguilar signs the Raiders for one year, one point five million dollars. There he goes my nipples, completely deflated. Uh, <laughs> but he is only he's only twenty six, a former first round pick, former and you're talking about a team. Yeah, you're talking about a team that only has Tyrell Williams, Zay Jones, and Hunter Renfro at the receiving core. This is a team that's more than likely going to use their one of their first-round picks on a Ceedee Lamb or a Jerry Judy or a Henry Ruggs. But right now, right now it's something. <laughs> right, <laughs> right now it's something. Did you say,
1: Were you the one that said that you saw somebody walking around like the grocery store in a Nelson Aguilar jersey? And he said that he was wearing it because he didn't want to catch the coronavirus. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I
0: I didn't say that, but I I was there when you heard it. Or somebody told me the same thing. It was funny. Uh, Freaking Uh, hilarious. So there you go. It was funny. Yeah, don't get that Rona. Uh, Moving (laughs) on, Eric Ebron signs a two-year deal for $12 million for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is something, like, most people are like, oh, yeah, you know, Steelers. But, I mean, dude, it's been so long since pittsburgh even had a viable tight end uh that last year they threw the tight end the seventh fewest times in the league last year and i was like well maybe it's just because their quarterback was shitty you know what i mean like it was just had a bad quarterback but even like even in 2018 when they advanced McDonald and Big Ben back there, uh, he finished his tight end 13 overall. And they haven't had a fantasy-relevant tight end forever. They got Big Ben coming back. He's like 38 years old with a bad elbow. So, I mean, are we really excited about Eric Ebron here?
1: I, I don't think I'm excited about Ebron, period. Um, I think he had the one year where he he, he scored a bunch of touchdowns, and that was, that was really it there in Indy. And he hasn't looked the same since. So I'm not... I'm not pumped about Eric Ron going anywhere.
2: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not overly, uh, overly excited either. Uh, I get why people are excited. You know, there's it's a big arm quarterback with a guy that can, can make plays, and there's not a lot of experienced receiving options there. But um, overall, I still think Juju's going to lead the team in targets, and and Washington and Deontay Johnson, although young and inexperienced, are are both. Talented receivers in their own right. Uh, Vance McDonald is still there, um, so we'll see how much they play together. If they run some two tight end sets, um, you know, I, I I don't know how that's all going to shake out. But I think your upside is like tight end ten to twelve, uh, and that's that's tough to get overly excited about.
0: Yeah, listen, I know the economy's not doing good right now, and I know when you go to the supermarket, uh, it, a lot of the shelves are empty. But that's still just not you gonna put you in a position where you should go in out and buying and poop sandwiches. Cause, you know, I know from a distance it might look good. It might look like a
1: sandwich. See- it, might look, it
0: might look just like a nice delicious sandwich. But once you stick, stick your teeth in that bad boy, you're gonna be uh you're gonna be for a rude, stinky awakening. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. Um moving on, another big sign out here, which after he was cut, he got signed pretty quickly. Todd Gurley to the Falcons for one year, $6 million. He's still only 25 years old. And between weeks one through 15 last year in PPR league, still finished as a running back one, as running back 12 overall. And now he's moving to a team that, you know, pro uh, per pro football focus has a much better offensive line compared to the Rams. And to me, I think the biggest upgrade here for Todd Gurley is going to be his usage in the passing game, which is where he's strong at. I mean, you're talking about Devontae Freeman last year saw 66 targets and caught 59 of those balls. He saw about an average of five targets per game. He had 410 receptions for four receiving touchdowns, where Gurley only had 49 targets and caught 31 of those. So not only did uh, Freeman have a much higher targets than you know with 66 compared to 49 but he also had the 59 receptions, so he's also getting much easier balls to catch because with matt ryan who is not very mobile he's gonna stand there and get the ball out quick so where Devontae Freeman caught 89% of those footballs. Todd Gurley only caught 63% of those. And you're talking about a team that's looking to be a high-powered offense. Because if we, you've probably seen those tweets or you've seen their stories. They just signed Laquan Treadwell, too, where every single player on that offense is a former first-round first round pick. pick. Every single position on the roster it's insane because they even got Hayden Hurst out there and you're getting rid of Austin Hooper and to me this is somebody you're getting a running back who's never been worse than running back 20 on a year had that Bruce quad as well I know the knee is worrisome and I know like Matt said when I talked to him about Matt Gurley was like listen man no team knows more about that knee than the Rams and they cut him but is this the time to buy Todd Gurley now with his one year for the Atlanta Falcons? What say you, Matt? So
1: I, I did say that, that no team knows more than, than the Rams, you know, because even the Atlanta, they got, they had a physical or whatever, um, but it, it won't be as extensive. They don't know the entire history of what happened unless Todd Gurley was completely open with them. But I don't know why you would be if you're trying trying to get paid by somebody. Um, but, the thing that I do like, you mentioned it, is the passing game usage. But also, the fact that it's a one-year deal, they're not tied to this guy um, like the Rams were. The Rams were worried that they were, that they were stuck with this guy, that they were going to have to maintain this thing for years. They finally just bit the bullet and got rid of him. But the Atlanta Falcons, they don't have that same problem. You know what I mean? They can run the wheels off this guy. If they fall off, they just move on. There's there's, not, there's no consequence for them. It's a one-year deal. No big deal. So um, if you use Gurley as a guy that's a championship or bust type of thing for just this year and you have that in your mind when you're buying him, then I, I'm fine buying him. You know what I mean? Um, if I had a team that was a contender, I would feel very okay going after him because um, I like the situation. I like the offense that he's in. Um, it was just his usage last year it was hard to predict uh, week in and week out, and whether or not the the um, the bulky knee was going to act up and he was going to miss a bunch of games. That stuff's still there, but um, at least they're not trying to like I, I don't I don't see them putting him in maintenance mode where he's getting like five carries or something stupid like that. They're either going to shut him down or they're going to run him in the ground.
0: Yeah, I love that take, Matt. I absolutely love it because you're absolutely right. And if you guys want a very live update. Like I mentioned, I'm in a uh, Superflex Tight End Premium Startup Draft. Three minutes ago, three minutes ago, Todd Gurley just got drafted at pick eight three. Okay. So shows his value right now in the current market. Garrett, what say you about Todd Gurley?
2: Yeah, I'm on board as well. Uh, I don't, I don't see what the downside is of of trying to acquire Todd Gurley because uh, right now the probably <laughs> what's that.
0: Probably the price tag to some people.
2: Maybe. And if somebody's greedy and they want, you know, uh, give me, you know, your 110 for Todd Gurley, then no, I'm not interested. Like, I'll take a running back in the draft. I'll take the best player available in the draft. But if I'm having to shell out a second-round pick um, for a guy that has the upside of a legitimate RB1, um, that's absolutely worth it. And if if somebody wants, you know, the first-round pick, okay, move on and and take somebody else. But I I do think that there's people that – are waiting for the sky to fall and for this guy to just be absolutely nothing. And it, it, while it is possible where that could happen, uh, he is still just 25 years old. Um, you'd have to think that he at least has a shot to try to to push it out uh, for at least one or two more seasons. Uh, and I, I think that's exactly what he's going to do. And it's in a really friendly offense. Whereas before, you know, when he was getting those RB one, you know, overall seasons. He was the offense. He was the main focal point of everything, and you saw kind of what happened when he couldn't be that anymore uh, for the Rams. Whereas here, he doesn't have to be the main focal point. They have a great passing attack, and he can kind of just be a little bit of an afterthought, and I think that's going to serve him very well, and I, I genuinely do believe that he will be a legitimate RB1 in 2020.
0: Nice. Yeah, I like that. Uh, moving on. Uh, some more news out here. Robbie Anderson comes in and just got a poo poo all over my Curtis Samuel. Love signs a two year, $20 million deal with 12 million guaranteed in the first year alone. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this. You know, he signs with his former temple coach, Matt rule, right? But with no certified, you know, cause we don't know the offense are going to run here either. So with no number, like, like locked in tight end, I know we like Ian Thomas, but we don't know how it's going to produce. Is this still like, is Curtis Samuel have any uh, life to him here? Because Robbie Anderson's just pretty much a deep threat. And then you got the two underneath guys and Curtis Samuel and TJ Moore, or is that it for Curtis Samuel?
1: Yeah, It's, it's anyone's guess at this point, man. So I, I'm having a, I'm having a tough time with this signing as well. If it, you know, it's obviously his former coach, like you said, um, back from his days in temple, but, um, so there's there's some familiarity there. Um, obviously, Robbie Anderson. I mean, there was all sorts of reports that, like, he was getting crickets. You know, like no one was interested in this guy. So to get a deal this late in free agency for that amount of money, he did well for himself. Um, so that kind of, I mean, that kind of money would indicate that he's maybe gonna come in a little higher in the pecking order than probably anybody that. Um, has Curtis Samuel is going to like? Uh, I guess is my take on it. So yeah, I think it definitely. It, I definitely think it's going to affect Curtis Samuel's
0: stock. I'm a little sad right now, so I'm not going to say a lot much. Garrett, go ahead. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's it's really unfortunate because I I do I love Curtis Samuel's uh, uh, ability, but I yeah. don't I don't know that he's going to be able to get the targets. I mean, he got 105 yeah. targets last year, which is a good amount, <laughs> and still yeah. ended up so low. Uh so I can't imagine he matches that total. I do think that Teddy Bridgewater is a more accurate quarterback. Uh so yeah. I mean that that completion percentage should go up a little bit. Um so that might help bridge the gap, but I still think like best case scenario, he finishes very similar uh to what he did this past season, which just isn't really good enough to play him week in, week out. No. Rich are you Rich, are you okay?
0: <laughs> it's not, guys. It's just not. I've never heard like you. It's like wide receiver thirty. It's like wide receiver thirty six, and uh, you know, I'll miss you, Curtis.
1: Pull, pull yourself together, man. You win some, you lose some. Come on, bro.
0: I'm still not all out, <laughs> <And> I hope.
1: <laughs> of course, not, you're not. I'm not all the way. Of course, you're. But not.
0: uh. I am also not a huge Robbie Anderson fan. So <laughs> Neither I mean, am I. Like, <laughs> I'm hoping they really regret this. And I just hope Curtis will like put them in a position where like, Hey, listen, listen, that's fine that you signed Robbie to that money because I'm still going to beat him out. That's the mentality I'm hoping for. Uh, cause unfortunately though, they invested that in second round pick, but it's a whole new regime going out there. So we'll see. Um, and then, of course, to wrap this up, Devin Funchess signs a, a deal with the Packers. He's only 26, come off a broken collarbone. Does anybody got blood flow? Because if not, I just want to end the show.
2: Well, we do have one more with uh, Rashad say. Perryman. We got Rashad
1: Um He signed. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: oh yeah. Rashad Perriman and the Jets for one year for eight million dollars. Forgot that too. Which is with 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 that room that the, the cupboards are bare at receiver completely. I mean, they got Jamerson Crowder to work out of the slot, but. I mean, Perriman is somewhat of an upside because they have no receivers out there. He is coming off a career year of 645 yards as a third option in Tampa Bay. So, I mean, between Robbie Anderson, Brashad Perriman, Devin Funchess, I'm more excited about Perriman than out of the three.
1: Yep. I, I would I would tend to agree with you there. Um, I did want to mention also that – did we mention at all that Eifert signed with um, – Oh, yeah, yeah, Jackson, yeah. Though. I
0: texted you guys that. Yeah. yeah. That's right. So,
1: I wanted to throw that – two year deal, too. Yeah. And that yeah.
0: is interesting because – they have no lot to number two out there. I mean, kind of poos on Josh Oliver a little bit, but he, yeah. maybe Josh. This is like a good guy for Josh Oliver to learn from for like a year, because, I mean, Eifert I might get hurt. That's absolutely yeah. the
1: thing. Um, Eifert, I I see as a guy that's he's trying to resurrect his career. He 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 stayed relatively healthy last year, but wasn't like a totally you know he wasn't an impactful guy. I would say so. This move um, obviously is a guy that. He's going to Jay Gruden. I think they crossed paths there um, in in, uh, Cincinnati originally. So it's kind of a reunion of of sorts. So, uh, you know, Josh Oliver might just have to wait. Most tight ends aren't ready to produce in year two anyway. Um, So it's a thing that, you know, maybe by the time that Eifert's uh, tapering and kind of falling off, Josh Oliver will be kind of hitting his stride Uh, uh, and, and breaking out a little bit.
0: All right, and that uh, that's going to do it for this show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week, jumping into the 2020 Rookie Class. That's right. We finally got to a, a position we've been talking about for two years now. Next week, we actually get to start talking to them about them by name, give you our rookie film breakdown of them, tell you what we think of them. We'll be back next week for them. We're going to do uh, both episodes on that. Next episode here, we're jumping into the Nerd Herd episode of the rookie rookie uh the rookie 2020 tight end class so again there's no better time ever to join the nerd herd than right now everybody's got way more free time on their hands not only do you get the bonus podcast to hear us break down these players uh here and then rank them at the end but you also have a chance to jump in and get our exclusive rankings you get to get the dynasty nerds film room and actually watch tape on these guys they're literally broken up per game just to their touches alone so you can watch a game of deandre swift in seven minutes and watch every touch that he had or any play he was involved on. There's no better time to join the Nerd Herd today. For the price of a cup of coffee, you get so much dynasty, you know, joy. <laughs> I don't think joy, but just Ecstasy. tools at your fingertips. Ecstasy. <laughs> Ecstasy.
1: You get, rich
0: Help you out. And I got some news. We have a new tool dropping here in the next couple, what, within the next month, I think, we've been talking about that is going to be a very very good asset to your dynasty team for the nerd herd as well. So you're, you're probably going to sign up a hundred percent after you hide it, pair with this new tool is. So why even wait? Why even, why be behind the rest of your league mates and not get a chance to win your league and get ahead on this rookie content. Then just join in now. So join the nerd herd today. It's a great tool. Give it a try at the least for a month. If you don't like it, get out, but I promise you're going to end up staying. In the meantime, we'll be back here talking to 2020, 2020 tight ends. If you want to help support the show, join the nerd herd buy its shirt if you like that give us a rating review on itunes and of course don't forget subscribe to the dynasty nerds youtube channel right now we have tons of film out on on there right now of garrett nick whalen and jared wackerly breaking down these rookies that we're talking about as well from a film study aspect of it so if you want to see deandre swift versus jonathan taylor if you want to see thaddeus moss versus cole Komet, the show i was on This is the place to do it. Make sure you subscribe to the Dynasty Nerds YouTube channel. We have a lot of things coming to that YouTube channel, and you don't want to miss it, including this podcast by itself and a brand-new studio that we're building just for the Dynasty world. Make sure you check it out. Subscribe to Dynasty Nerds YouTube channel today. Until then, we'll be back next week. And Seth, for the Nerd Herd, we'll be back in five minutes breaking down the 2020 rookie class. Uh, See ya.
1: Adios.